0: Welcome to Leaders of the West, a podcast for innovators and change makers. I'm your host, Jesse Jarvis, the founder of Of the West, and I'm sitting down with agriculturalists, entrepreneurs, executives, and everyone in between with the goal of digging into the strategies, mindsets, and lessons that have been crucial to the success of Ag and Western. Whether you're carrying on the next generation of your family's operation, starting something from scratch, or determined to climb up the leadership ladder, We're going to inspire you to continue to dream big, growing not just you, but the future of agriculture and Western as a whole. Let's go. It is so good to have you guys back for this week's episode of Leaders of the West. Today we are sitting down with Alex Templeton, who if you guys are on social media, whether it is Instagram, TikTok, YouTube... I'm sure you know who Alex is. She is a mom, a rancher, and somebody who is so inspiring to so many people. And today we're going to talk about life as a rancher. She and her dad, Mark, work very closely with one another and they have a great relationship. So we're going to talk about how they have developed that and continue to have such a great working relationship with one another. And we're also going to dig into what it's like to be a new mom And how Alex juggles being a mom while also being somebody who is present every day on their ranching and farming operation. So I am really looking forward to this conversation. Alex is somebody who I personally look up to and am really inspired by, and I know that you guys are going to enjoy this just as much as I do. So let's get into it. Alex, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you, and I am really looking forward to getting to share your wisdom with everybody because you are an inspiration to a whole lot of people, whether you realize it or not. And I say that because I think you're one of those humble women who thinks, oh, I'm not that big of a deal, but you are a really big deal. So to kick things off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your ranching operations?
1: Yeah. First off, thank you so much for having me. This is such a thrill and I'm so excited to be here. So I can already tell you're going to be too kind to me, which I truly appreciate but yeah, so as you said, my name is Alex Templeton. I am a third generation farmer and rancher, and I live in northwestern Missouri and I work on my family's farming and ranching operation here. And I said my last name is Templeton. I was recently married. I haven't okay, so legally I'm still Templeton. I haven't changed my name yet, but my new name is Alex O'Connor. But I I honestly keep forgetting to introduce myself as that. So when my husband <laughs> listens to this, I want him to know that I said, Oh, it's Alex O'Connor.
0: <laughs> we we won't judge. Yes. So then let's tell let's talk a little bit about your family's farming and ranching operation. What do you guys focus on?
1: So my family's operation has two sides to it, the row crop side and the cattle side. My dad and my uncle farm together and then row crops and then my dad and I run cows together. And then I run cows on my own. My dad runs cows without me and my uncle farms without my dad, if that makes sense. So everyone's intertwined, but everyone also does their own thing and has their own entities and their own skin in the game, if you will. So we grow mainly corn and beans and then wheat and Milo as well. And then my dad and I run a cow-calf operation as well as run a bread heifer replacement program.
0: Perfect. And then let's talk a little bit about the the dynamics of having your own operation, but then also having the family side of things. Because Justin and I are in that same scenario. So we ranch alongside my parents, and then we also have our individual cow herd as well. And if that's not an operation style that you're around, it can be a little bit different. So let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So obviously, I started by joining my family's business and just working for the operation, not necessarily working in the operation, if that makes sense. When I graduated from college, I always knew I wanted to come back and work on the farm. That was always the end goal. And I had this talk with my dad when I was, I think I was a sophomore or a junior in college. And I said, I want to come back and I want to work. And he said, okay, well, if you want to do it, you know, we better do it now. And I thought, and we thought, I need to try to make this work now before I'm married, before I have kids because it's it's a lot. It's a lot to do and I I knew I needed to try to establish myself before I was growing in other areas of my life and growing in other ways I I knew I wanted to grow at some point. So I had that talk with my dad and he said, "Okay, you know, but don't get the thought that I just strolled in after college and he handed me the reins and off I went." I mean, This man made me earn it. He made me earn my keep, made me earn my voice, and I had to earn it in a way I didn't think I would have to. But looking back, I'm so glad that he did that. It's not like he was a jerk by any means, but he just, I didn't walk into anything and have anything handed to me. And that's something that I'm really proud of.
0: So that takes us to my next question, which you and your dad, Mark, have a really good relationship one another, and you guys work together alongside one another on a daily basis. Have you guys always had such a strong bond, or is that something that has really grown since you
1: guys have been working together full-time? We have always been super close. So I'm one of four girls. I have three sisters. So my dad had four daughters and I was definitely the son he never had and it's it's kind of a running joke because people will say like oh mark you never got that boy or don't you wish you had a son and to him he just he he will flat out tell you that question almost offends him because he's he'll tell you there's nothing wrong with my girls and he'll flat out say Alex and I can probably work you know you and your son into the dirt. So and and that's something I'm really proud of. So I never felt like there was this pressure on me to have to be involved. I just wanted to be around my dad growing up and I was just his little shadow. I went everywhere. I wanted to do everything he did. When I was growing up, he was a truck driver and hauled grain and you know all over and hogs and cattle all over for other people and for my family's farming operation. I'd go with him in the truck. We'd go on road trips. We hunted together. I wanted to go with him working cows. I can remember standing shoot side with him. And some of my first memories working cattle are me holding the tagger with my the ear tagger with my tiny little hands and my dad putting his big bear paws around my hands and squ- helping me squeeze the tag through the cow's ear. And like those Aww. I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, she's so strong and it would like hurt my hands, but I wanted to tag each one." So those are those are probably some of my first memories working alongside him and and I think now especially now that I'm a parent, that's a testament to You know, there's high stakes when you're working cattle. You, you, you've got a lot going on. It's dangerous. You're trying to work efficiently and safely and everything. And then he had this little girl right there that wanted to tag each one for him. And I'm sure I slowed him down, but I don't ever remember him unless it was like a super dangerous situation. I don't ever remember him telling me, okay, get back. You can't help. You can't go. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. It was never, it was never like that. And from an early age, He counted on me to be a part of everything. And it's not that if I felt unsafe doing something, I had to do it, but I never felt like I wasn't able to be involved. And I think that's something that really cultivated this positive bonding experience through us for forever. And, you know, my mom was right out there too. And so were my sisters, but my dad and I just, we just really, really clicked and we are a lot alike, which is a good thing and a bad thing sometimes because we are. I mean, we're the same person.
0: So let's talk about that real quick, because one of the things that I know to be true when it comes to anything, right, not just family operations, but if you want to be around somebody all the time, like you want to be around your dad, obviously your personalities have to work well with Mm -hmm. one another. And you seem to be somebody who is very positive and like uplifting and inspiring and you don't get mad very often. And your dad obviously seems to kind of be that same way too. So Is that genetic? Like, do you guys have similar personality
1: types in that? Okay. That's so funny you say that. And obviously, I'm not trying to say that we don't share the real us online because I definitely try to share everything as real as I can. But it's so funny you say that because my dad and I are both wound so freaking tight. Like, we are – I mean, I'm tighter than a banjo string and so is he at any moment. Like, it's it's so funny, like, hearing you say that because my dad has a short fuse. And so do I. And I'm very, is type A the type of person that's like things have to be done a certain way. If I say it needs to be done this way, it by God better be done that way. That's how he is. That's how I am. And so it it, honestly, I don't know why we get along so well because we are both that way, but we just... It's so funny to sit here and think back on it because we're both wound tight. We're both want things done a certain way, but we just think the exact same. When we're in a lot sorting cattle together, I know his next three steps before he even does them. And him, the same about me. I mean, we can sort cattle together. We don't even have to look at each other. We don't even have to talk. And that's not to say we don't yell at each other because we definitely do. But we just get each other. And I and it's just, you know... Everyone knows working cattle together, you can't get your feelings hurt. And that's something that he instilled in me from a strong age. And I remember when I was younger seeing people work cows together and, you know, things get heated because that's just what happens. But, you know, we have a beer together when it's all said and done. And that's that's something I really like about our relationship.
0: Okay. Well, it's so funny that you say that. And I, I never tried to talk about myself when it comes to guest episodes, because obviously the reason that we're here is because of the guest, but So my dad and I are very, very similar. We are like type triple A is what we call one another because we are like. People joke that my dad sorts his M and M's by color before he eats them. Like he is very highly organized, and I am the same way. And we definitely do like know one another and what the other is going to do. Probably me more so than he knows with me, but also because we are so similar, sometimes we don't work together the best just because we kind of rub each other the wrong way in certain situations. And then in others, it's totally fine. But I think that it, I am so surprised to hear that you guys are like tightly wound and have short fuses because I would not have expected
1: that. I think like like I said, I definitely try to show like the good, the bad, and the ugly through what I post. And I'm, you know, of course, I try to keep it lighthearted, not just post about depressing things. But It is hard sometimes to show because when we're doing things, when things get heated between us, like I have told him right after he snaps off at me or I snap off at him, I've said, dang it, I wish I could have filmed that interaction so people could see what we're really like, you know, but we're in a lot with cattle and there's a lot going on. And like I've told him, I said, if we had a camera crew around us, and I'm sure my dad will listen to this because he just totally supports everything I do. But like the man, he has a mouth like a sailor. I mean, he is just rough around the edges. He's politically incorrect. I mean, honestly, if we had a camera crew followed around us, we would be canceled (laughs) from both of us, honestly. But and that's just that's something I love about him. And but, you know, we just it's just gotten to the point now where he knows how I am. I know how he is. And we really don't butt heads that often. And I mean, I just, I don't know what to say other than I think it's a little bit of an anomaly because it is hard to work with family. And I think you can attest to that, that working with your husband, working with your dad, working with your mom, I mean, your emotions run high and it's hard to work with people you love.
0: Oh, it absolutely is. And then too, I think the other thing is like when it comes to, if you go to an office and you go to work and then you leave your work and you go home. Then there's kind of some separation there, but when you work on your operation and live on your operation, and you work with your family and you live with your family, there is absolutely no separation from 12 in the morning till 12 at night, and that can be really, really difficult.
1: Yes, it, it is, and I definitely try to take everything he says with a grain of salt, and I know he tries to take everything I say with a grain of salt. But also, I think something that – a positive about this, about the way he's – treated me growing up, you know, like he's flat out told me before, if you want to do this, you got to be tough. Can't have your feelings hurt all the time, you know? So when my husband and I are together and stuff, he's told me like, you know, you can't, you can't act like that. You can't talk to me like that because I'll just spout something off and it rolls off my back and he can say something to me. And I'm just like, okay, you know, and on to the next thing. Like I'm just, so, and my husband has been, cause he, is a farmer, but you know, he doesn't really know anything about cows and farmers and ranchers are two different people. And so my husband's a farmer and I'm a rancher, I can spout something off and he can say something to me and it rolls right off and I don't care. You know, he, he's kind of like, okay, Alex, pump the brakes (laughs) a little bit, (laughs) which I think is just, it's just funny. It's just my personality. Okay.
0: So you and your dad, obviously like you don't see eye to eye on everything, which nobody does, but how do you guys navigate those types of scenarios or challenges while still having a really good working
1: relationship with one another because I think that's something that we
0: all struggle with.
1: Yeah. That's a great question. I think I can really answer this through the father-daughter dynamic because I mentioned earlier when I came back I really had to earn my voice. You know, I didn't I I didn't roll in right after graduating from college and him say, "Okay, here's a bunch of cows, here's a truck, here's everything you need." And, you know, go have fun. Like it it started off by him just telling me what to do, even though like I'd been around the the farm and the ranch my whole life, like he would saying, go do this, go do this, go do that. And then over time, after I proved myself and I started saying, Hey, what if we did this this way? Or what if we did that that way? He really started to understand that I was bringing a new set of eyes to our operation and bringing in a new perspective. And it would have been very easy for him to say, nope, this is how we've always done it. So we're not changing it up. But my dad is incredibly progressive and I will give him all the props on that because in agriculture, it's so easy to be set in your ways to say, well, this is how grandpa did it. So this is how we're doing it. Or this is how, you know, great grandma did it. So this is how we're still doing it today. You know, there's a lot of people out there that they wean their calves the same day, sell them at the same sale, the same week, every single year. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Like, Obviously, I don't know everything, but, you know, or there's a lot of people that plant the same crop, the same farm, and do the same things every single year and more power to them. But I think it's important to not get too complacent to where if someone's coming in with a new perspective and says, you know, what if we, you know, tried this vaccination program with our calves, or I found this new, you know, piece of equipment, what if we looked into trying it or something like that, just to come in with a new Fresh set of eyes and to listen to that. And that's what my dad started doing with me. And that's not to say I had all the ideas. I mean, because my dad, I think he's brilliant. So, you know, he was also cultivating new ideas as well. But he just really was supportive of me saying, you know, I, I like this. Like the reason we have red cattle is because when we, gra- when I graduated from college, I said, I really like the reds. I think we should try to buy some red cattle. We had like a few reds here and there forever, but not big groups of reds. And I said, I think we should buy some red heifers. And that's why we run reds now, just because I like the way they look. And it's turned into kind of a niche kind of thing for us. So,
0: Oh, that is so – I feel like that's one of those things too that absolutely goes back to you guys having such a great working relationship with one another is the ability to really listen and to like try new things and, you know, we don't have to do it my way. We can do it your way. And if it doesn't work, we both learned a lesson. And if it does, that's great. We obviously learned a lesson. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those things that can be really difficult to stomach, especially when it comes to different
1: generations. Yes. Like, you know, the saying there's more than one way to skin a cat is so like true. And it just, and that goes for anything outside of agriculture. It goes for the podcast industry. You know, it goes for anything. You can't get complacent in what you're doing. You always have to be looking to grow. You always have to be willing to make a change and take a risk. And that's something I really try to emphasize on my social media accounts where it's appropriate. You know, people will say, well, why do you do this this way? Why, you know, why do you do that that way? And I'll say, this is what works for us. This is why we do that. And, you know, people love it or hate it. I've had people call me stupid for the ear tag colors we use in our cows, which is I just think is ridiculous. So not, of course, everybody is so keen to hear about it. But I just like sharing that because there's a lot of next generation people in agriculture that follow me that I know that I want to share that, you know, things can be done differently. There's new technology, I mean, happening I don't even know. I don't even understand all the technology within the farming industry and in the ranching industry. It's crazy to me. Like I bet 10 years ago, if my, if you would have told my dad he was going to buy an ultrasound machine and I was going to learn to ultrasound our cattle, he would have said, no, no, I'm not doing that. And then now look, now that's what we do. And it's been a huge benefit to our operation. So you just always have to be looking forward. Okay.
0: I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit because you brought up something that I didn't even plan to talk about today but i think that we're both going to probably get on our soapboxes here and that is the willingness because it takes a lot to share online and i think as more and more people start to to do that i think they realize holy cow you can bring as much positivity as you want but at the end of the day the internet is a place where people can say things from behind a keyboard or behind a screen and and oftentimes it can be you know unkind or or whatever it may be but When it comes to sharing farm and ranch stuff, I feel like oftentimes if I share like what we're doing on the ranch and how we do it, I will have people from the outside of the industry think, oh, wow, that is so fascinating, and they're really receptive to it. But people often in the industry are the ones who are the most negative about it because I'm doing it wrong or I'm doing it this way, when in reality, if I've shown a 30-second story of something, that's only 30 seconds of it like there's nothing outside of that that they're seeing to then make the decision of am i doing that wrong or not like it may fit with our operation and no other operation out there but i've often wondered why it is that our own industry can often be the most cruel in that and i even hate to say that because then that sounds like i'm i'm saying something negative about our industry and i'm not but but i just hope that when people do see things online and they go to comment like hey you're doing that wrong that they take a pause mm-hmm. and realize well Maybe it's wrong on my operation,
1: but maybe it's not on theirs. Can you imagine seeing something someone else posts about agriculture and opening up your phone and typing, you're doing that wrong. Why would you do that? Or something hateful. Like, can you imagine doing that? Like, I personally, I cannot imagine pulling up Jesse Jarvis's Instagram and seeing you guys sort your replacement heifers and saying, why would you keep that heifer? She looks terrible. I cannot imagine, not that I'm watching that thinking that's what you're doing. No I, cannot I know, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. And like, I might just think to myself, okay, they have a different program. Like they raise cattle in a totally different part of the United States. They're looking for different qualities than what we're looking for here in the Midwest. And I'm just obviously spouting this as I go. I just cannot, I cannot wrap my head around why people are like that, especially because I have learned so much about ranching from other ranchers and so much about farming. I mean, we have literally changed the way we do things and tried new things because of what I've seen online. I love it when I have posted in the past, like we have a calf that's really weak and I I just can't get it up and going, you know, and someone from, you know, I don't know, Georgia will message me and say, Hey, we had something similar a few years ago. We tried X, Y, and Z. You might give that a try. Who knows if it'll work. And We might try it, you know? So like there's something to be learned from everybody. There's no right or definite right or definite wrong way to do things. As long as everyone's taking care of their livestock properly and as long as everyone's laying their head on the pillow and going to bed safe at night, it's not that deep. And I wish that's what some people would recognize is that, like you said, just because someone's seeing a 30 second video of what I'm doing or what you're doing, they don't know the whole story. They don't know the whole background and it just, it's such bull crap. I want to say some other words, but it just, it really does get under my skin. But at the same time, like I have an argumentative personality. Like I said, I'm wound pretty tight. So like people like, you know, I do comment back to some of those things. For me, it's mainly on TikTok. People are, you know, some guy who ran cattle 80 years ago sure has a lot to say about my cows and it's just annoying.
0: I will say, uh, so I am not on TikTok, honestly, for that reason, because I feel like people in on TikTok in comments are much more cruel oh my God, than they are. Pretty- it's like, it's next to Twitter, honestly, yeah. as far as people, they're just wild. And
1: yeah. I'm not in it to be that wild. I mean, TikTok is the wild west of commenters. I mean, because there's like no... People on Instagram, I mean, you still get it for sure, but people on TikTok, I mean, they just... They don't care. <laughs> it's just no, it, in a way, you kind of just have to laugh about it, you know, but it is, it, as you said, it is sad to see like people within our own industry tearing each other down. Like the agricultural industry is under enough fire. We don't need people within it tearing one another down because of, you know, the medicine someone's using to treat a sick animal or, or, you know, their cattle handling system or, you know, whatever. Like that's the last thing we need. We just. Need to support everybody love everybody, you know, just my
0: we absolutely need to support one another, and I think too, you know, even when it comes to different production methods and all of it is needed, even if it's not the thing that you do, and honestly, like ten years ago, I was not a fan of production methods that weren't my own, but now I have like I've seen the light, I guess, and yeah. I just really understand like we can't tell people what they should eat. That is, That should be a fundamental, right? I think it should be in the constitution that nobody has a say in what it is that you eat. And so I just am a big, like in a big believer of all production methods, all different, you know, crops and, and ways that we do things, like every little bit of it is needed to make our industry go around. And we need to support one another versus tearing ourselves down.
1: Yes, and you know, Darn good and well, someone in Southern Florida is going to run their cattle differently than I do here in Missouri. You know, like it's going to be done differently because it has to be because we're not all doing the same thing. We don't all have the same goals. You know, we don't all have the same in- end goal in that perspective. We're all trying to just do our own thing. And so it is annoying when people tear each other down, but I guess that's just the ways of the world.
0: Okay. Well, let's end let's end our social media talk yes. on a on a positive note. And what
1: is what is your m- most favorite part about
0: sharing online?
1: Oh, that's a good question. My favorite part about sharing online Okay, I think I have two answers. I love it when people respond to my stories or my posts and say my kids loved watching that. I love it when people, I'll post a video of cows and someone will say, my daughter watched that a thousand times because they just, I love sharing agriculture to people who might not get to see it every day. And, you know, these people might live in the city somewhere and have never been on a farm, have never seen cattle. I love sharing what I get to walk out of my back door and see with someone and for them to have a newfound appreciation for farmers and ranchers. And I also love when I post content with my dad. And people will respond and say, he reminds me of my grandpa or he was just like my dad. And, and I, I love that because I, I know it brings up good memories for people and, and fond, fond memories and good times with their loved ones who maybe aren't here anymore. And I love that people are able to connect that through seeing my dad. And when people say, you know, like dads will message me and say, I want to have that relationship with my daughter. And when we've been out in public and people talk to my dad and I, people have said, "Mark, how do I cultivate that relationship with my daughters?" And that's just something i'm I'm really proud of.
0: Oh, that is so special. Well, let's talk about something else that is special in life, and that is the fact that you are a I say newish mom, but we just talked about the fact that your daughter turned a year in December. So you're well, you're one year into this as somebody yeah. who has been present on the ranch every single day prior to giving birth i know that your day today has shifted a little bit so how has that impacted you mentally and how what have you done to push through that and kind of get to your new normal
1: that's a good question yeah i mean i literally i hauled three loads of bread heifers we shipped some home and i hauled three loads of them home the day i gave birth you know, like, right, like four hours later, I went into, you know, into the hospital. So like, I mean, I don't want to paint this picture that I was up working 14 hour days on my feet all day. Cause that's not true. But I did work as much as I felt comfortable working and as much, and I tried to help as much as I could right up until the moment I gave birth. And I felt like that was really good for me mentally because I don't have the kind of personality to just sit back and watch other people not only work, but do my work. You know, so I couldn't, I couldn't just lay back and not do anything, but it's been a tough year. I will say being a mom is hard and while it is hands down the most beautiful and amazing thing, it's, it's so much more amazing than I could have ever imagined. It's, it's really freaking hard and to try to balance getting back into work and finding my rhythm, finding my groove. It's been really tough. But I could not do it. I've got to give a special shout out to my mom here. She helps me so much with my daughter and I wouldn't be able to do anything if it wasn't for her. I try to take my daughter with me. She's, I mean, she's just turned a year old. So it's not like she can really do anything yet, but I love taking her with me to check cows. And I'm really already trying to start immersing her in that so she can really, she can really grow up in it just like I was. And that's something that's really important to me that she has a place here and that she feels valued here just like I did when I was growing up. Even when I was little, I felt valued and I want Sunny is her name. I want her to feel valued. But it's been, yeah, it's been tough.
0: Well and too, I think like right now when when they can be put in a car seat and go anywhere, it's almost a little bit easier. Then when they start walking and they want to they're on the move. They don't want to be restrained to a car seat because, hey, I know I can move where you are. I want to go with you. And so let's talk about how do you manage being a mom, ranching, being a wife, sharing online, hunting when you get the chance? Like, how do you do all that you do? What's your secret, Alex?
1: Well, you make it sound like I'm doing a much better job (laughs) at all of those things than I am because I haven't killed a deer in three years. Um I've just been married for like 2 months and <laughs> my daughter's still a baby but I'm trying. You know and I think that's the biggest thing is once again I have a village and I'm so 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 blessed to have my mom, my older sister, my mother-in-law, even my dad. You know, we take Sunny with us to go check cows and my dad holds her while I get out and I go do things. I have a village and I'm so privileged for that. I'm so blessed. And I could not do it without them. And right after I had her, she was born in December. And then, you know, we have heifers that were calving out and they're starting to calve in February. And I remember thinking just about a, a little over a year ago now, I was thinking, I got to get out there. I got to get out there. You know, my daughter is five weeks old. I was like, I got to get out there. And my dad was like, you're where you need to be. You're doing what you need to be doing. I remember him telling me, If and when I need you, he said, I will call you. And that was kind of a hard pill for me to swallow because I wasn't getting up at 3 a.m. to go do a check anymore. You know, I was up at 3 a.m. nursing my daughter and learning how to change a diaper and all those things. And it was a little bit of a hard pill for me to swallow. And I remember feeling so conflicted about I'm supposed to be out there with him. And for some reason, I felt he never made me feel like this, but I felt like I was letting him down in a way because I'd always been his right hand gal. Like I was right there, right there with him. And for the first time I wasn't because I myself was healing, you know, birth is a traumatic event. Like I myself was healing and my body was making all these adjustments and my hormones were through the freaking roof. I was crazier than the first calf heifer myself. And (laughs) it just, so looking back though, to have that support from both my parents and my husband to let me know that it was okay for me to take some time for myself and just heal internally and then I had total support when I was stepping back out you know I could take I could take my daughter to my mom or my mom would come over to my house and watch her while I went out for a few hours you know I didn't have to I'm so I mean, again, I'm so blessed to be able to say that I I didn't have to commit to leaving her 12 hours a day. Like I could go out and work for a little bit and I could come back home. So I really was able to dip my toes back into it. And that was really good for me mentally to start finding my routine and and learning about what works. But we're still working on it. It's so hard now. I mean, she's a year old. It's, It's tough, but we're still... We take it one day at a time, and I don't think we'll ever have it fully figured out, but I'm damn sure trying my best.
0: Well, you know, I think another interesting thing that to mention here is here I say all of these things like, well, it looks like you just have all of this together and no problems. And, and you're the one saying, no, actually, I feel like it's absolute chaos in my own life, but I'm glad that I'm at least like, I'm giving you the perception that I'm doing it all well. And I think that honestly, every mother out there Like we all, from the outside looking in, it looks like other people have it together, but none of us have it together. I think that that is the real reality of it: is we're all in the same boat. Life is chaotic. Yesterday, Jet went to school in the shirt that he slept in last night, the night before, that I didn't even notice until I picked him up from school. I was like, "You wore that all day?" Like that type of stuff happens to all of us. So I just think, like, if you are if you are somebody who's listening and you're mom, and you think, man. I don't think I'm doing a very good job. I can guarantee you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Retweet what she just said, because you are doing a good job and it's hard. Like I joked with one of my friends, I still feel like a teen mom, like I'm 31, you know, like (laughs) I'm 31 years old and I feel like I'm 16 with a baby, you know, and that's not, that's not the case. And so just give yourself grace. And that's something I haven't done until I was a mom because I was hard on myself. I pushed myself. I worked really hard. And not that I'm not pushing myself and working hard now. I'm working harder than I literally ever have because being a mom is the hardest job I've ever had. But I'm trying to give myself more grace. And I'm fortunate that I don't have to be the one to do it all. I have help. And it's been very enjoyable for my family, for me to have a daughter. And I'm really happy and I'm really, really lucky. But social media has definitely been the one thing to take a back seat. And which is, it's bittersweet because I've been sharing my life online for, I mean, over 10 years now. But I like my privacy too. Like we, I've never shown My daughter's face on my Instagram. I I don't really publicly talk about her that much, and that's something that's really important to me. And I don't. My husband and I, when she was born, that wasn't something we like had planned necessarily. Like we didn't have that set in stone. It just it just didn't feel right at the time. And I don't. You know, I might wake up tomorrow and decide I want to share her publicly. But as of right now, I just I enjoy keeping some of my private life private and keeping other parts public. Yeah. Just, just boundaries. And because I am like, I am the type to go all in on things. So I think like for me, it's, it's a personal thing as well. Like setting a boundary with myself that like, Hey, I don't want to do that right now. So I'm not going to allow myself to like, it's felt, it's felt good to set that personal boundary. Okay. With that, let's get to our rapid fire round. What is the best piece of business or
0: personal advice you've ever been given?
1: Ooh, these are tough. Nothing is coming to mind. That's like someone sat me down and gave me this good advice, but multiple times in working scenarios with my dad, he has said, trust your gut. You know, like if I've called him throughout the years and just an example, two years ago, a first calf heifer calved. And I was calling him and I said, she just something doesn't look right. The calf just doesn't look right. I just can't, I just can't put my finger on it. Like, should I, should I bring the calf home? Should I try to get him up in the lot? Cause we have everything outside. And he said, trust your gut. And I brought the calf home and it ended up needing some help. And we drenched it and, you know, gave it some electrolytes and then it was fine. So that is just something that he's just said, like, make a decision, trust your gut and go with it. And I think. That's something that you can apply business, personal, in friendships, relationships. If something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. And trust your instincts because you know what you're doing. Even if you think you don't, you do. So trust trust your gut would be my answer.
0: Okay. If you could give people any words of wisdom and you knew that they would take them to heart, what would it be? Okay. Other than trust your gut. <laughs> <laughs> I know they kind of are similar questions depending on what type of advice somebody gives. Yeah.
1: Okay. If I could give anyone advice, I'm going to direct this one. I don't know like how many men versus how many women listen to this, but like this one's for the ladies. Okay. So sorry, dudes, if you're listening to this, don't be afraid to work hard just because you're a girl. And like that is something my dad, We, I don't even want to say he instilled it in me because there, that was never even a conversation. Like I had to work. You know, I had to work and I couldn't sell myself short. I couldn't. And working in, because it's a it's a male-dominated industry, it's tough. So don't feel like you have to take any man's crap just because you're a girl. And I have, I don't know how much we want to get into this, but I can remember talking to cattle buyers and people selling cattle and they would talk to me and they'd say, well, let me talk to your dad. Or let me talk to your husband. And I'd say, No, you can talk to me. By God. You know, if you want to talk about it, you can talk to me. And I think that's just something that's really important to remember that you can be strong willed, you can work hard, and you can be a badass, and you don't have to apologize for it.
0: Oh, say it louder for the ladies in the back. Yes, that's a great one. Okay. If you could go to dinner with anybody dead or alive, who would
1: you pick? Oh, oh my gosh. I know these, they're difficult. Okay. This is, I don't really have like too much of a, I'm sure this is going to end and I'm going to say, I'm going to think about this question later and say, I should have said this person or I should have said that person. The first person when you said that, that came to my mind was John Wayne.
0: (gasps) Oh, that's a good one. And I actually don't know that anybody said that. We've had a lot of people say Mike Rowe, which has kind of shocked me. He's been the person who like, who has been mentioned by numerous people, but I don't know that anybody said John Wayne. I
1: don't like. Don't get me wrong. Like, of course, I'm a John Wayne fan, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm a diehard. Like, seen every movie. That was just the first person that came to mind. That'd be cool. No, I'm the same way.
0: Like, I, I wish that I could have met him in yeah, life. Was, like, cool. Pat. Yeah, there are certain celebrities that I, because I'm not a celebrity person. Like, I yeah. don't really care about celebrities. But there are absolutely certain celebrities that I would have liked to meet in life. Mm -hmm. One of them was Maureen O'Hara, who starred obviously alongside of John Wayne in like McClintock and uh, another John Wayne movie, but she lived in Boise in her like last year. So I was always like, I wonder if I'll just walk into Target and there I'll meet Maureen O'Hara, but I I didn't. So no, she unfortunately passed away. But anyways, what is a quote that you lead your life by?
1: I'm not entirely sure who said it. So if the original person listens to this, I'm sorry, but it's, it's hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And oh. I think, I think that's a, I think it's a good one because coming into the ranching industry, I'm not going to, I've had, I've had to work for what I have, but I'm not going to pretend that I've had to come in here and build our operation from the ground up. But, you know, I did come into an established operation Something that's something I'm very fortunate to be able to say, but I came in and I worked really hard for it and it doesn't matter what you come into or what you do. If you if you don't work hard, you're not going to succeed and I think that's just something that you can be the most talented person in the entire world, but if you don't work hard, someone else is going to beat you. Oh, yes. I like the competitiveness of it as well.
0: Okay, let's talk about favorite things. Do you have a favorite, like a book, podcast, program, product, a life hack that you live by, something that has changed your life that you think more people need to know about?
1: Okay, well, other than Leaders of the West, <laughs> duh. <laughs> okay, I've actually, I've started trying to read more, but my, I listen to audiobooks a lot, and my favorite books are by Jack Carr. Yeah. The Jack Carr series is my favorite, but they're pretty like gory, bloody murder. It's heavy.
0: If you're in, if you're into uh, to murder type books, I'll make sure that we link those in the show notes for yes. those of you who are maybe looking for a new read.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Check out Jack Carr. He's my favorite author. Okay. What else? Another?
0: Yeah. Or do you have like a life hack? Like something that you've shared on social media that people are like, holy cow, I didn't know that existed. I will share one for the good of the group. And that is somebody shared with me that if you eat a spoonful of peanut butter, your hiccups will go away. Whoa. And I have tried that. I've learned that in the last two months. And I have tried that for both of our kids, for me. And it actually works. If you eat a spoonful of peanut butter when you have the hiccups, your hiccups will go away.
1: That's a great life hack. Right?
0: Like I've been living 30 some years without that. And I really could have used that at like age Uh, four.
1: Who and who learns that? Like who is the first person to Discovered. To try that
0: and then think like, mm, I think that worked. I'm going to try it again.
1: Yeah. No, I I don't really have anything. I'm sorry to the listeners. I don't have anything to make your life better.
0: Well, peanut butter, peanut butter and hiccups. Unless if you somebody also said for those of you who maybe have a peanut allergy, somebody also said yellow mustard works. But peanut butter does work for me, and I'm not willing to try the spoonful of yellow mustard no, one. Not so I'm a
1: big mustard gal. So probably yeah. not doing that. But I, I will. Be- peanut butter will work for me. Yes. Okay. Well,
0: Alex, I'm sure everybody who's listened to this is already following you, but if by chance somebody is not,
1: where can they find you online? My Instagram handle is Alex Templeton underscore, and my TikTok handle is also Alex Templeton underscore. So they're both exactly the same and it should it should pop right up, hopefully, unless I'm shadow banned, which I probably am. And
0: then you also have a website,
1: correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a website. It's AgtalkwithAlex.com, like Ag A-G talk with Alex.com. And that that kind of started a few years ago. My dad and I were driving in, in a tractor and I said we were doing something. And I said, Okay, Mark, tell us what's going on. And at the end I said, Ag talk with Alex. And I was like, Oh my gosh. There we It, go. it clicked. Oh. Yeah. So it clicked. So yeah, you can visit agtalkwithalex.com. I don't share a ton of blog posts because I'm honestly just not that dedicated. But I share a little bit about ultrasound, hunting things, just kind of some happenings around our ranch, and just try to I keep try to keep it light and fun and gift guides, things like that. So check it out,
0: Alex. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and getting to share a little bit more of your life as a mom and a wife and a rancher. I know that a lot of
1: women and people in general are inspired by you, and so I really really appreciate this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. I. I You and I have been like friends for several years, but we've never met in person. So it's always a pleasure to chit chat with you. Oh, well, have a good day, everybody. And we will be back here next week.
0: If you've loved this episode, do us a favor and share it with someone else who might find just as much value in it as you did. We're on a mission to continue to grow and strengthen the future of agriculture and Western industries. And you spreading the word helps us make more of a positive impact. It also makes a big difference when you take a minute to go rate and review the show. We can't thank you enough for listening, for sharing, and for loving Ag & Western as much as we do. We'll see you back here for our next episode.